0: Uh, to pass out uh, flyers Um, and uh, it was uh, was a great time uh, to be out sharing the gospel going from door to door and uh, Denise uh, that's the lady that took care of Oma when Oma was uh, a baby and she's found us and we're back together again (laughs) we live in the same apartment complex Uh, she was here for the first time last Saturday uh, last Sunday sorry and she was with us on Saturday to go out to give out tracks, and uh, we put tracks on people's door in my own neighborhood, and uh, my uh, subdivision, and Brother lives in the same subdivision. But uh, why I'm sharing this is uh, when we got through, uh, I, I was going back to my car and I saw Brother talking to three ladies that i had seen earlier on you know they were driving around the neighborhood going from door to door and uh... but when I was walking towards them they got in their car and they went I thought they were leaving but then I found them talking to Baradaramola and uh... I went by and I saw that they were talking about the scriptures about God and uh... it didn't take too long before Baradaramola said they are Jehovah's witnesses I said aha! So. We started discussing there, uh, discussing, trying to share with them. Back and forth, they were not willing to listen much. You know, they were going to just cut it all off and leave. Uh, finally, they left. But after they left, I really felt bad. And uh, Brother Amola felt the same way. We, uh, we started talking, what is wrong with us? These, These are just ladies... I mean, I'm sure they were mothers also. They're not just, they're not, they were not just—they were not teenagers. I mean, they were out early in the morning. Three ladies. Usually, I would say, let a man be among them. These were three ladies. I'm doing four ladies. I mean, three. <laughs> three ladies out sharing the gospel, going from door to door. They don't have the truth. They don't have the truth. They are as busy as the rest of us. And yet they are carrying something that has no life. And they are willing to give their lives to the it because they truly believe in it. And they are going from door to door sharing the gospel. I mean, I, I announced it a few, maybe a week or two before I sent an email. I mean, I'm not rebuking you. Please understand that. Okay, I'm not rebuking you. I'm just trying to tell you what's in my heart. We let our church know that we are going to be doing this, but it's, it's, people don't show up. You know, I was, I was saying these people, they are as busy as the rest of us. They are out in the morning going from door to door tra- sharing their gospel, which is not a gospel at all. And here we have the truth and we're so busy. Jesus said the children of this world are in their generation wiser than the children of light. We have been called to win souls into the kingdom of God. I told myself long ago when I got saved, and after I read that scripture from this from the word where Jesus said in, in, in Matthew chapter 10, I believe verse 32, it says, if If any man is ashamed of me before men, I will be ashamed of him before my father and before the angels. Everyone who confesses me before men, I will confess them before my father and before the angels. I told myself then, no matter how dignified I get in life, I will continue to go from door to door sharing the gospel with people. We are debtors. To them we need to share the gospel you came you may not walk around saying i'm ashamed i'm ashamed i'm ashamed of christ no one does that but god knows what's in your heart when you cannot make that little sacrifice that others are making we have a lot of excuses to to give and please i'm not again i'm i'm not, Rebuking. I'm trying to help you understand what this is all about. We have a very short time to live on this earth. Very, very short time. How are you going to spend that? There are people out there that are waiting for you. For your track, To get them into the kingdom. In mean, Sunday school this morning. I shared something briefly. This is not my message. But I really need to let you know this. Every month. I've told myself. Every month. While I was in Nigeria the last time, that thing came to me so strongly. And I told myself, when I get back into the, the United States, every month, one week, weekend of every month, I'm going to be going out. I don't care if it's only one person that shows up. I'm not doing it for the church, for my own soul, and for them that are without. I don't care if they come or not, I want to represent my God. I asked people in the Sunday school class this morning, many of you that are saved, they're sitting here, hearing my my voice this morning. Do you remember what the person who brought you to the Lord said to you? Can you remember what scripture they used? For sure. You don't. I guarantee you, most of us don't remember what they said. But you remember them. You remember that they came to your door. You remember that they shared with you. It was their presence, their witness, their person. Because they carry Christ. That's why you're here. I don't have to preach to them. Just my presence. And the presence of those ladies. I'm sure somebody, those Jehovah's Witnesses, somebody got them from their home and now they are part of that court. Because they were there representing their little God. And here you have the God, God Almighty. And we are not, when it comes to that... This is coming from my heart and it's very serious. You have to understand this. It's so important. Jesus gave a parable. You know, they have a feast ready. He says, go and get those that are invited. They all had an excuse. A legitimate excuse not to come. And then the master was angry. He said, none of them is going to taste of my, 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 my food. Go to the streets and get the rest of them. God is looking for willing people. What does it cost you just to spend an hour To give yourself to the gospel how much just one hour it's not to fill our church but there are people that are out there that need christ i need to let you know this this is what i'm not just i'm a christian i want to live a christian life i'm not here to just preach and because god has placed me in this place i'm challenging you wake up these people are dying they are going to hell these people are dying and they are going to hell. Somebody's got to reach out to them. You can reach out to them in your place of work. You can share with them. Tell a testimony, Tell a story of what God has done in your life. That could change their lives. They'll remember that more than Matthew chapter 5 verse 6. That you quote to them. Tell a story. We need to reach out to these people. We need to, we need to wake up. It's not about church. It's about the kingdom of God. It's about lives that are going to hell. About lives. People that need Jesus. And you have been brought in as a co-laborer with Christ. You need to wake up and begin to invite people. Share with them. And God will save them. I shared in Sunday school this morning when I was in University of Georgia. Probably my second year in the United States. There were two individuals from Guyana. Guyana. And one of them really hated God. And I knew it, and I start, he was my project. And I kept going after this fellow. And, you know, in between semesters or in between quarters, they had four quarters, I believe, in Georgia, then, uh, uh, the school back there. The Americans, they went back home, and we foreigners are left in the dorm, and we stayed together. And I thought that was a good opportunity. I will let him have it and one evening I went into his room and I shared with him uh, and he was like your joke he made a joke of everything I was like an idiot to him I wasn't really talking to that fellow I was—I mean to another fellow that was sitting with him his roommate, But they both came from Guyana but I was talking I, the, the Indian fellow from Guyana the other one was uh, an African I was ready to get that one saved he was a real project for me but after I left this, their room, shortly after that, the, the, the other fellow that came with him ran into my room. He said, good luck. His name is Leslie. He said, good luck. Uh, I heard what you were saying to Succio. He said, I just kept quiet. I never said anything. He said, well, as a child, I used to go to church. And, uh, but I lost all of that. He said, you know, I've done a lot of bad things since then. Will God accept me? I said, yeah, sure. He will. I prayed with him, but my heart was still with the other guy. And he accepted Christ. And he told me, you know, I, I can't live with this guy. He's my roommate, but he's, he's really wicked. Can I be your roommate? I said, sure. And so the next semester, we worked it out. He became my roommate. And on Saturdays, we'll go to church and pray. He got filled with the Holy Spirit. From a Baptist preacher figure that out (laughs) this Saturday we were praying after we got through praying in the morning we spent a short time praying uh, because he had to take his driver's license exam so he went and he didn't do well because they drove on the uh, left side. In the, they drive on the left side of his country. And uh, the, the guy said they went on the left side. And I was teasing this fellow. I said, hey, you can't even drive. You're a college student. You can't even pass. I regret saying all of those things to him on that day. You can't even pass driver's license. It's a most problem. We joked about it. We got to the room. I went and I parked my car or the car we had borrowed. And I went back up to my room. And I saw Leslie laying on his bed. You know, he was kneeling by his bed, just laying down there. And I thought, well, maybe we didn't spend enough time praying today because we had to go for that uh, driver's uh, license exam or test. That was the last day he died that day. He, he died in the room there while I was there, possibly. I thought he was praying. Somebody called me about an hour or two, said, come, Leslie is not responding. Probably one or two semesters after we met. Do you understand what I'm saying? One or two semesters. You don't know what's going on with people's lives. Once they pass on, they're gone. They're gone. And if God has brought them into contact with you, and you said nothing, who knows? Maybe a few words could have saved their lives. He's so important. That we share the gospel with people. Every month, once a month, we'll be going out witnessing. I encourage you to join me. If it's really a hard thing for you to do, do it as a sacrifice unto the Lord. Because when it's something that's not part of your life, when you do it, God knows you are making a sacrifice. And he will honor it. Amen? That is the first half of my message. (laughs) Amen. Please bow your head with me. Father, we, Holy Spirit, we ask for your insight today. Minister to us, oh God. We love you. And we know that you love us. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Uh, The children of Israel. In the wilderness, because of disobedience, God said to them, you are going to be in this wilderness, all your generation, this generation, you die in the wilderness. And so God turned them around, and they were going south, going towards uh, the Red Sea again. But they had to go through Edom, but they couldn't go through Edom. God would not allow them to go through Edom. They had to pass the land of Edom. They had to go around it. And in so doing, they got very discouraged. And when they got that discouraged, they began to complain. And they, they complained against God, and they complained against Moses, and they said, why did you bring us to this place to die in the wilderness? Why did you bring us into this wilderness where there is no food? We have no water. All that we have is this worthless bread. They called manna a worthless bread. Because they were discouraged. Now, the thing to take from that is discouragement comes to every one of us. You are going to get discouraged sometime. Now, when discouragement comes to you, please watch what comes out of your mouth. Because that could define your destiny. What you say during the times of discouragement is better not to say anything at all. And if you want to do something, I think in my personal opinion, during those times of discouragement is the best time to start praising the Lord, even when you don't feel like it. It becomes a sacrifice of praise to the Lord, rather than saying something. In their discouragement, they complained. Now, it's interesting that they complain that they had no water, they had no food. There was a rock that was following them in the wilderness. The Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, there was a rock that followed them in the wilderness, providing them with water. God was feeding them with manna. They had food, they had water. But when you are discouraged and when you feel hurt, you don't say the right things. For the most part, if you talk out of discouragement and you make wrong decisions. So, the best thing is to hold back during those times because you don't know what God is doing. The best thing to do is to begin to praise the Lord because He is about to do something wonderful. He's a lesson for us in our time. Praise God when things are not going very well. He's allowing it. For a reason. And if you pass the test, he'll promote you. But they complained. And said, why did God do this? Bring us out into this wilderness. No water, no food. This worthless bread. Our soul. They said, our soul hates this bread. That's an interesting thing to say. I would love to see God bring some bread from heaven. Is that not a miracle? But when you become too familiar with the miraculous, you get discouraged and you're not really thinking, you say dumb things. And that's exactly, they said, our souls loathe this bread. We hate it. What did they know? It was the bread that was keeping them alive. If you read in the scripture, there was not a sick person in the camp. reason because of the bread they were eating. There could be no other food on earth that was as nutritious at that time as the bread they were eating. But when discouragement came, they threw that aside. Now what happened after they complained? God heard it. They complained against the leader. They complained against God. God heard it, and God sent, according to the scripture, sent fiery serpents to bite them. And the Bible says, a good number of them died because of the bite from the serpents. And when they saw what was going on, they pleaded with Moses, and said, Moses, please, we have sinned against you. That's a good thing. Amen. When you sin against people, the best thing is repent. Ask for forgiveness. And they said, Moses, please pray to God for us. Take away the serpents uh, from our camp so that the serpents will not bite us. Now, you need to understand something then. In their time, in the wilderness, the wilderness itself was infested with not just uh, serpents, fiery serpents, but with scorpions as well. The whole wilderness. You can read that in Deuteronomy chapter 8. Moses said that. The whole place had scorpions and, and these fiery serpents all over the place. But as long as they followed God and they were not complaining, God kept the serpents from coming into their camp. You know what that says? God can keep you from getting sick. Amen. God can keep you from sin. God can actually keep you from sin. Just like we read this morning uh, from the scripture, Pastor West, I uh, read towards this morning. God can actually hold you back and give you power to have power over sin. So that he doesn't take control of you. Because his desire is to have you. And then once his sin has had you, the poison then goes through your whole body and destroys everything it touches. Your family life, your finances, your education, your children, it will destroy all of it. But Moses cried out to the Lord and said, God, do something about it. And God said, Moses, what I want you to do is make an image of the fiery serpent that's destroying them and put it on a pole. And raise it up. Let it be so high. Raise it up from the earth. So that everywhere in the camp, someone who is beaten by the serpent can just look up. And they can see the serpent on the pole. And the poison will be neutralized. And that's exactly what Moses did. If you read in Numbers 21 verse 8, it says, Then the Lord said to Moses, Make a fiery serpent and set it on a pole and it shall be That everyone who is beaten, when he looks at it, shall live. Say with me, everyone. Everyone. Everyone, Not just a few. Everyone who is beaten by the serpent. If you are bitten by the serpent, all you have to do is to look, search for the pole. It, didn't, it doesn't matter how far you are from the pole or what corner of the camp you are in. Whether he's beating you at night and you have to wait until daylight to see, <laughs> to look. It doesn't matter. If you can only look, you're healed. The venom death will be destroyed in your life. All they had to do was to look. Now, in John chapter 3, verse 14 and 15, Jesus says this. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. Notice the word must. Say the word with me, must. Yes, the Son of Man must be lifted up. And Jesus is comparing himself to a serpent lifted up. That's kind of frustrating. I never understood that. Why would Jesus compare himself to a serpent lifted up, right? As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. He made it so broad. Whosoever believes, it didn't take much for them to look did it no all they have to do is turn around and look and it won't much for you to have eternal life so that you won't perish all you have to do is look at jesus lifted up and you will be healed if you're sick in the body this morning with this is communion sunday Get ready to receive your healing. Lift Jesus as you lift up the bread and the wine. Amen. Lift him up. And that poison, whatever it is that is eating your life, eating your finances, eating your health, whatever it is, as you lift Jesus up, you lift his body, you lift the blood, that thing is bound to be neutralized in your life. That's all we need to do. His look is called the look of faith. Amen. The look of faith. Notice the serpent. A brass serpent was lifted up. The serpent represented the same thing that was causing them trouble. And Jesus was made sin for us. The Bible tells us that. Second Corinthians chapter 5 verse 21, for he made him to be seen for us. Who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ. While Jesus was hanging there, he became sin for us. It was sin that was hanging there. So as you look at Jesus hanging there by faith, that was a serpent, a type of the serpent hanging there, the poison of sin that is in your life and everything that that poison touches to destroy will be neutralized by the power of faith in Jesus. The remedy then was a serpent lifted up. The remedy today is Christ. Lifted up. If they were beaten. By sin. Or whatever. By the serpent. Then. All they had to do. Was to look up and believe. Just look. And now the Jews said. We were not just looking at the serpent. That's what the Jews believed. We were not just looking at the pole. We were. When we look at the serpent. We were looking to God. That's what they did. Not to a serpent hanging there. When you look. At Jesus hanging on the cross, with the eyes of faith, then the the poison of death in your life will be neutralized. This covers every area of life. It's so important, you know. It's what you believe that will affect your life. What you believe affects your life. And it's so key that you believe what God has done when Jesus was lifted up. Jesus said it. He said, when you have lifted up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am here. It's only when, only when you lift up the Son of Man. And he was telling the Jews. And they said, we heard that Christ, when he comes, Christ never dies. Why are you saying the Son of Man must be lifted up? But Jesus said, when you have done that, when Moses lifts up, the Jews, the leaders of the Jews that's representing Moses, they have to lift him up. And everyone who is beaten will be made well. It covers every area of life. Exodus chapter 15, verse 25 through 26. This is another representation of the, of the uh, cross of the Lord Jesus Christ in another place just to tell you how important it is to look with the eyes of faith and believe that the circumstance will change the children of Israel had come to a place where they needed water and the water that they had was bitter water they couldn't drink the water and they cried out to Moses And when they cried out to Moses, in verse 23 of Exodus chapter 15, it says, So Moses cried out to the Lord, and the Lord showed him what? A tree. Jesus hung on what? A tree. He became cursed for us, because the Bible says cursed is everyone that hangs on God, that was bitter water. You know what bitter water means? When you have bitter water, you have a bitter life. You need your life to be sweetened. And to sweeten your life, you need to look up to Jesus lifted up. And if you look to Jesus lifted up, the poison that is in your life, the poison in the water, the poison that is making the water bitter will be neutralized and you will have sweet water which means sweet life. It's not hard to look. All they had to do was turn and look. It didn't, it didn't, it didn't matter if there are tears in their eyes because of the pain. Once they turned towards The serpent lifted up. The tears will dry up. Amen. It don't matter how much you've cried in secret. The day you make up your mind. I'm tired of all of this. I am going to now look to Jesus lifted up. By faith. All of the poison that's come into your life. I don't care where they they came from. And how they came into your life. All of the poison will be destroyed. I like you to believe this with me today. It's so important we stay with the word of God. I've found that this word is good and this word can change a life. Can make a bitter life sweet. Maybe not overnight. I like it to be overnight. But if you stay with this word, the word will transform your life, will transform every area of your life. Now the word brings light into your life. And you know darkness cannot live with light. And as darkness is, darkness is dispelled from your life, your life will become sweet. It says, God showed him a tree. Guess who showed Moses the tree? God. God. God is showing you today another tree. Christ lifted up. Your life was bitter up to today. Today, as you look up to the Lord Jesus lifted up, your life will become sweet. Just as easy as it was for them to turn around and look so you can turn around and believe. Just that's easy. And your life will be transformed. He says in the word here, that he took, well, verse 25. When he cast it, that's the tree, when he cast it into the water, waters, the waters were made sweet. There he made a statute and an ordinance for them, and there he tested them. There he tested them. He made an ordinance and a statute with them and then in the same time he tested them and said, If you diligently heed the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his sight, give ear to his commandments and keep all his statutes, I will put none of the diseases on you which I have brought on the Egyptians for I am the Lord who heals you. At that point, where he made, when he, where he presented the tree to them and made their water bitter, he tested them. And then, oh sorry, made their water sweet, thank you. <laughs> made their water sweet, he tested them. And then he made himself their Lord and their physician. He said, From now on, I will be your doctor i am the lord that heals you what that means he is the lord that heals every area of your life physically Financially, in your relationships, everything that touches your life, God will heal. God made himself at that point of covenant with his people. He is saying, from now on, I'm going to be your healer. I'm going to be your protector. I'm going to be your friend. We have a covenant with the Lord Jesus Christ. When we come and we look at that cross, in that moment of time, your life is made sweet. And all of a sudden, God becomes your shepherd. And you know what the word says? The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Settle it in your heart. I don't care what's going on with the economy. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. No plane. And you settle it in your heart. No plane is going to crash with you sitting in it. The Lord is your protector. Amen. It's always unto you according to your faith. You look and believe. The cross is brought so much to us. The cross is brought so much to everyone who believes. Everything that lives demand, the cross brings to us. Everything. Everything. Our greatest need is righteousness the cross delivers righteousness to us so we can stand in his presence and not feel have a sense of guilt that was our primary need righteousness not only that but good health God wants to deliver to us good health great strength God wants us to have that. A sound mind. Not a weak mind, oh, I'm getting old now, so my mind is going away. Uh, I don't like those kind of jokes. God has given us a sound mind. That's one of the things that the cross delivers to us. Moses was 120 years old. His mind was still sound. His eyes didn't grow dim. And his vigor was not diminished. These were of the Old Testament. And Jesus said, the prophets were all until John. Moses and the prophets were all until John. But the least in the kingdom of God, is greater than the rest of them. In the Old Testament, John—I mean, uh, uh, Moses—at a hundred and twenty years old, his eyes he could still see. Didn't grow dim. His strength was still there. And Moses was not alone. Caleb had the same witness. Caleb said I was 40 years old when Moses sent me into the land to spy. Now I am 85 years, I mean uh, 85 years old. I am 85 years old and he said I the strength that I had then to do war I have today. My strength today is equivalent to the strength I had uh, 45 years ago when I was sent into the land to spy the land. He was not alone. Those two. Joshua too had the same strength. For war. And if you read in the scriptures. Psalm 105 verse 37. It says he also brought them out with silver and gold. And there was none feeble among his tribes. There was none feeble among his tribes. Every one of we are told, theologians tell us that there are about 3 million people in the wilderness. You know how it is, you've all day long, you come back home, you're really tired, right? These guys were out in this wilderness. And the Bible is saying there was not a weak person among all of their tribes. Three million people well and strong, no weakling among them. The children were strong, the old ones were strong, running around, there were no sick person among them, and they were of the old testament, and we are in the new, and the Bible tells us what they had is a shadow of what we have today. How can the shadow be better than the real? Just because we are not willing to look at Christ lifted up and believe. I believe that it was the same thing. The worthless bread that they talked about that delivered that strength that they all had to them. This is communion Sunday. And I delayed the communion to the end of the service. Because I want you when you take... That cup and you take the bread with your eyes of faith look up to Jesus lifted up amen Christ lifted up by faith and whatever is healing your life whatever it is whatever poison is gotten into your family Whatever poison is getting into your finances. Whatever poison is getting into your health. Because God paid the price for you to have good health. There is no condemnation. Believe me, there is no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. Jesus. You are walking after the spirit, not after the flesh. The only thing is we need to look with the eye of faith and say, Absolutely no, no, I'm going to turn around. I'm going to look at the cross with faith in my heart and I'm going to be healed today. Whatever you need from the Lord. If it's your finances, believe God for it. If it's your family life, your children, whatever it is. (laughs) Believe God, I was glad this morning. I was being told in the Sunday school class, all of my children are serving the Lord. He did me good inside. I don't have to strive and struggle. Uh, The kids have no choice. They will serve God. Willingly. Amen? Amen. Willingly. Because of the Holy Spirit's power. Amen. So that's what we have. Look at what Jesus said in John chapter 6, verse 48 through 51. It's Jesus said, I am the bread of life. We're talking about the communion this morning. They ate manna in the wilderness. That's what brought strength to Moses. I believe that's what brought supernatural strength to Caleb, to Joshua, and to the whole tribe. Of the people of Israel. Every single tribe. And in the time of Jesus. Jesus was discussing with the Jews. He had fed them with five uh, five loaves of bread. And they wanted more bread. And they chased after him. And Jesus said don't labor for bread that perish. (laughs) I want you to labor for that bread. That will bring you into eternal life. And they said, well, Moses gave them bread in the wilderness to eat. What are you going to give to us? Jesus said, verse 48, I am the bread of life. You need bread to eat. If you want to work for bread, work for this bread. This bread will deliver life into your life. When we're talking about life, we're not, you're already alive. That's not what he's talking about. I mean, he's talking about abundant life that uh, touches every area of your life so that you live a successful life that's one of the things God wants he wants you to be successful good success he wants you to have a great family life that's what God wants for us I am that bread Jesus said I am that bread your father ate uh, uh, the manna in the wilderness and are dead this is the bread which comes down from heaven that no one may eat of it and not die so God is asking everyone I am the living bread which came down from heaven if anyone eats of this bread he will live forever uh, and the bread that I shall give is my flesh Jesus said and I shall give it for the life of the world so Jesus was very clear I'll give my flesh for the life of the world And the people responded, how shall this man give us his flesh to eat? They didn't understand what he was saying, but you think Jesus will back up, back up and say, okay, let me let you understand what I'm saying is spiritual. Let me, let me give you the spiritual meaning of all of this. He went on and he said in verse 53, most assuredly I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the son of man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Say the word with me unless unless you eat (laughs) and drink you have no life in you and then he added whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life and i will raise him up at the last day for the reason i'm telling you because the reason i'm telling you this for my flesh is food indeed He's greater than manner, that brought strength to them in the wilderness, that brought health to them. He says, my flesh is food indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. He who eats my flesh and drink my blood abides in me, and I in him. I want to abide in Christ. And I want him to abide in me. That make his living inside of me. My life will be transformed if Jesus is making his living inside of me. And that's exactly what I want. And if it means eating his flesh, I want it. If it means drinking his blood, I want it. Sometimes we're thinking just like natural man thinks. We need to understand And I believe when Jesus said, my flesh is food indeed. There is no greater nutrition on the earth than the flesh of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm a nutritionist. I know that what you eat affects your immune system and how your immune system responds. And today we have all the vitamins and all of that stuff that people, you know, they keep drinking and popping. That's good. But you can have nothing better than the flesh of the Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah. He said, It's food indeed. If you eat, you have life. Your fathers ate manna in the wilderness, they had some strength. But that cannot be compared to what I'm offering. This bread came from heaven for you to eat and to drink. My flesh is food indeed. And my blood is drink indeed. And in First Corinthians chapter 10, he said they, they ate manna, spiritual food in the wilderness and drank spiritual drink in the wilderness because God gave them water from the rock that followed them in the wilderness. That rock that followed them is here today and he says when you come to the communion table i'm sure the disciples didn't understand what jesus was saying they said to him when jesus said are you going to abandon me as well because everyone is abandoning me right now because of what i said about eating my flesh and drinking my blood and uh They laughed, are you going to abandon me? They said, we we don't understand what you're saying. It's a hard saying, but we don't have anywhere else to go. We believe you are the son of God. And so they stayed with him. But on that night that Jesus looked forward to the the Lord's Supper, before he went to the cross, he said, I had been looking forward, Jesus said to this day, to eat this with you. And on that table, Jesus took bread, and he gave to his disciples. He says, "Take, eat. This is my body." And I'm sure they were thinking about, "Okay, now we remember eating his flesh." Nobody asked any question. You tell a Jew, "Eat my body, <laughs> Lord. This is bread." Lord, this is bread. It's not your body. No one said the word. They received it. And I'm sure with all of your heart. Because you heard the word. When you eat my body. You live by me. Even as I live by my father. And they wanted to be part of him. I abide in you. And you abide in me. And they earth. Knowing that they were becoming part of the master. And when you become part of the master. Sickness. We'll never come near you. Now you can be tempted. But you can't receive it. You don't have to receive it. This is the cup of blessing. That's why Paul said in First Corinthians 11. He said because you are not honoring the Lord's body. That's why some of you die. Some of you are weak. Some of you are weak. Some of you die. Because you are not honoring the Lord's table. That tells me that if you eat and honor the Lord's table properly, you will have the same strength that Moses had when he was 120 years old. Amen. This is your day for you to get well in every area of life. If you have not given your life to the Lord Jesus, you're holding back. Forget the man just standing here. Jesus is inviting you to himself. You want to look up. And receive him today. And I should take the bread. Take that bread by faith. I need our people to come. Help me with the communion. Take that bread by faith, believing that your healing is here and that God is healing you in every area of life. Today, if you are suffering financially, there's going to be a turnaround. God is going to heal your finances. You won't understand it. You don't need to. Just enjoy it. Amen. Just enjoy it. If you have trouble in the home, maybe the kids are not acting right. You've said all you know to say. It's not working. Turn it over to the Lord. And let the Lord now take what you've said and add ears. And begin to transform the lives of the kids. Stand up with me, please, and uh, come get the elements as we get ready to take the communion. Remember, is Jesus lifted up. Christ lifted up. Jesus lifted up. As you receive this morning, I want you to receive by faith. received by faith The Bible says if when we do this we do show forth the Lord's death Amen, so what that's saying we are looking at Jesus and everyone is invited if you are not a member of the church We don't have close communion Everyone is invited if you are a believer If you know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you are invited to join us in this great meal before the Lord. And Jesus is here with us to bring healing into our lives, to transform our lives. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Mm. I'd like you to believe with me today. See, it's all by faith. I feel it in my heart this morning very strongly. There's got to be a change. There's change coming your way. There's change coming your way. Don't try to figure it out. Just believe with me this morning. Amen. You'll testify later. You'll tell of it later. But I don't want you to forget this day. I don't want you to forget this day. And when you get back home, I'm going to be speaking as I feel that when you get back home, write it down. And set your heart on something that you want God to change today in your life. God is going to do it. God is going to do it. Something is about to break loose in your heart, in your life. Something good is coming your way and is beginning this very hour as we are standing before the Lord. As you lift up the bread and you lift up the cup, you are lifting Jesus up. The Bible says we do show forth his death that's what we're saying we are looking at jesus lifted up christ lifted up he changes everything will neutralize the poison that satan is put into your life the bite is neutralized this morning amen Amen. the bite is neutralized thank you jesus angela would you pray over the bread for us please Let's see it. That pain in the stomach must go and will never return. The migraine, off and on, must leave and will never return. As you eat, the life of the Lord Jesus Christ is flowing right now. That spirit of discouragement and depression that's come upon you is being lifted right now. And the Lord is giving you hope in your spirit right now. There is hope for your future. There is hope for your future. Your future is bright. And we're not just speaking words. The Lord is behind those words. Your future is bright. Amen. Amen. Brother Amola, please pray over the uh, cup for us. Amen. Amen. Let's drink. Amen. Mm. One of these days, I believe, when we finally see the Lord face to face, we will understand how much He's loved us. I want to let you know this if you feel like you're struggling in your life today the Lord has He does not condemn you I want to say this because it's coming out of my spirit if you are hearing my voice today and something is speaking in your head that you may have committed the unpardonable sin if you had committed the unpardonable sin you won't be in this place you won't go to church so get rid of that you haven't done that you won't be here if you've committed that sin so I just want you to know that amen let's lift our hands up Father we thank you and we love you Jesus we love you you loved us first you gave everything that we might have life and have it more abundantly Right now we know, based on what you've done, we are indestructible because you are our protector. Until it's time for us to see you face to face, we will remain healthy, strong, with a sound mind on the earth, spreading your word all over the world. Bless your people, Lord, as they go. Prosper everything that they set their hands to do. Increase your blessings upon their lives. Let it be evident. Let the world see your hand upon their lives. Your good hand upon their lives. Thank you for taking discouragement away from us. And encouraging our hearts. To know that all is well. Because of Jesus. Jesus christ lifted up in our heart in jesus name and the people of god said amen Amen. god bless you have a wonderful day